I want to invite you, if you have Bibles, to get them ready. Uh, we're going to be in the very last chapter of our series today on Proverbs. Proverbs 31 is where we're going to be. Vamos a estar mirando Proverbios capítulo 31. There are Bibles in the back. You can use your phones. However you can, we want you to open up God's Word. We've been, we've been diving into this, so uh, have those Bibles ready. Que estén listas con sus Biblias. So this past month, if you were paying attention to the news at all, you may have heard about a controversy in the world of finance. El mes pasado hubo una controversia en el mundo de las finanzas. This controversy uh, had to do with a company called GameStop and a practice out there known as short selling. Tenía que ver con la empresa GameStop y la práctica de la venta en corto. Now, normally, when we think about the stock market, uh, when we think about investing, normally, you and I would say that you invest in a company hoping that its value is going to increase. Normalmente se invierte en una empresa para que su valor suba. That's what you want. But short selling is different. In short selling, experts are investing in a company actually hoping that its value will decrease so that they can make a profit off of it. En las ventas de corto, uno invierte en una empresa esperando que vaya para abajo. Now, it's kind of complicated, and there's no way I can explain it to you right now, but basically through a series of steps, expert investors will borrow, sell, and then rebuy stocks in a combination in order to make a profit. Los expertos uh, venden eh, acciones prestadas y después las vuelven a comprar para sacar beneficio. Now, the thing with short selling is this. As long as the value of the company keeps going down, this thing's going to work. Mientras el valor baje, esta, esto funciona. But last month, something happened. A group of amateurs, a group of novices banded together and they began to boost the price of GameStop. They began to artificially pump up GameStop. Un grupo de inversores novatos empezaron a hacer subir las acciones de GameStop. In fact, over a short period of time, the shares of GameStop uh, rocketed from $20 a share up to $320 a share. Just a few weeks. Las acciones subieron de 20 hasta 320 dólares. What did that mean? It meant that the so-called experts lost their shirts. They got soaked. They, they lost millions of dollars. Los expertos perdieron millones de dólares. And the, uh, the amateurs, the, the novices, well, they came out ahead. They made a profit. Los novatos, pues, ellos beneficiaron mucho. And so what was supposed to be a short sale for these experts actually became what is called a short squeeze. Estos expertos se vieron muy apretados. Now I think there's a bit of a moral to the story here. Hay una moraleja esta historia. What's the moral to the story? Well, the moral of the story might go something like this. Be careful. Be careful when you invest in something hoping that it's going to go down. Cuidado al invertir en algo esperando que vaya para abajo. Because that thing going down might take you down with it. Puede que te jale para abajo también. It's a better bet, it's a better practice to invest in something hoping that it's going to go up. 
And so that you can also go up with it. Es mejor invertir en algo que va para arriba para que tú vayas para arriba también. It's better to invest looking for the best and not looking for the worst. Es mejor invertir buscando lo mejor y no lo peor. And I think that's not only true when it comes to the stock market or finances. I think that's especially true when it comes to our walk with God. We want to invest for the best. Queremos invertir por lo mejor en nuestra relación con Dios. So we're here at the end of the book of Proverbs and, and we come to the conclusion of this study looking at the final chapter, Proverbs chapter 31. And in a sense, I think what we find in this last chapter of Proverbs is some investment advice. It's investment advice. Vemos aquí consejos de inversión. Now, it would appear that this advice, this investment advice, is meant for kings. But it's also meant, I think, for people like you and me. We're ordinary investors. We're, we're ordinary people. Son consejos para reyes, pero también para personas ordinarias como nosotros. In the first nine verses in particular, we're told that what we have here are sayings from a king called Lemuel. Actually, they're sayings that supposedly came from his mother. Hay dichos de Lemuel, un rey, y supuestamente de su madre. Now, again, as we asked last week, who is Lemuel? We asked the question last week, who is Agur? Well, we can have a similar answer here. We're not quite sure. We don't know who King Lemuel was exactly. No sabemos quién era el rey Lemuel exactamente. Uh, he may have been a historical king at a certain time, at a certain place. Podría ser un rey histórico, but Bible scholars also think he may have been a certain kind of king. Hubiera uh, sido también un cierto tipo de rey. Why? Because the name Lemuel has a meaning to it. The name Lemuel means one who belongs to God. Lemuel quiere decir uno que pertenece a Dios. And so it's almost as if these first nine verses are saying, if you're going to be a certain kind of king, if you want to be a king who belongs to God, a king after God's heart, this is what you need to know. This is what you need to do. Si vas a ser un rey uh, que, que pertenece a Dios, eso es lo que necesitas hacer. Let's look at Proverbs 31.3. And here's what you need to do. Do not spend your strength on women, your vigor on those who ruin kings. No gastes tu valor en las mujeres ni tu fuerza en las que arruinan a los reyes. It is not for kings, O Lemuel. It is not for kings to drink wine, not for rulers to crave beer. No conviene que los reyes o Lemuel, no conviene que los reyes se den al vino ni que los gobernantes se entreguen al licor. Lest they drink and forget what the law decrees and deprive all the oppressed of their rights. No sea que al beber se olviden de lo que dice la ley, que priven de sus derechos a todos los oprimidos. So the investment advice here is very particular. Son consejos de inversión. It's saying very straightforwardly, if you're a king who belongs to God, do not invest in lots of women. Do not invest in all kinds of pleasures that are for the moment. Si eres un rey, no te inviertas en muchas mujeres. And don't, if you're a king, invest 
in drinking and getting drunk. No te inviertas tampoco en el alcohol. Why? Because you see, if you invest in these kinds of things, you might at some point forget God's law. You might forget what God has told you to do. You may forget justice and you may oppress and put down the people who are very much needing your help. Puede que te olvides de la ley de Dios y, y de los oprimidos. It may be that you might actually forget God himself. Puede que te olvides de Dios mismo. Now, these words right here from Solomon's book, I think, are filled with irony. There's a lot of irony in these words. Hay mucha ironía en estas palabras del libro de Salomón. Why? Because, ladies and gentlemen, history tells us that this is the very thing that led to King Solomon's downfall. Este fue el pretexto de la caída del rey Salomón. I want to take you back to the story. It's in 1 Kings chapter 11, which is uh, behind this, uh, earlier in the Old Testament of the Bible. Primero de Reyes, capítulo 11. And just a few verses from here tells us what happened. It says in the first verse, King Solomon loved many foreign women. Many foreign women. El rey Salomón, además de casarse con la hija del faraón, tuvo muchos amoríos. In fact, in verse 3, it tells us how many women he loved. First uh, Kings 11.3 says that Solomon had 700 wives of royal birth and 300 concubines. Tuvo 700 esposas que eran princesas y 300 concubinas. If you know your math, that's a thousand women. That's a lot of women to invest in. That's a lot of food. That's a lot of clothing. That's a lot of complaining. There's all kinds of problems here. Mucha ropa, mucha comida, mucha quejas. And Solomon invested in these women. And then look at verse 4. It says, as Solomon grew old, his wives turned his heart after other gods, and his heart was not fully devoted to the Lord his God. Cuando Salomón llegó a viejo, sus mujeres le pervirtieron el corazón de modo que él siguió otros dioses y no siempre fue fiel al Señor su Dios. You get the picture, right? After all of the blessing that King Solomon experienced over so many years, después de todas las bendiciones de Salomón, after all of the prosperity and the health and the wealth, and yes, after all of the wisdom that Solomon gained, después de toda la prosperidad y hasta la sabiduría, some of that wisdom he put into Proverbs. After all of those Things, what happened in the end? Solomon got distracted. He got distracted by his investment. Fue distraído Salomón por su inversión. He invested his strength, his energy in these foreign women, these women who worshipped other gods, and they turned his heart to those other gods and turned his heart away from the Lord. Invirtió en estas mujeres que adoraban a otros dioses y le pervirtieron el corazón. He got off track. He took his eye off the ball. Fue distraído Salomón. He took 
his investment of his entire reign and all his life and he sunk it into the money pit of wine, women, and song, the very things that we're told in Proverbs 23 and 24 are traps. Impirtió en el vino las mujeres y el canto, como dice la palabra. And what happened? After so many years of doing well, Solomon's stock plummeted. Se fue para abajo sus acciones. And it pulled him down. And not only that, it pulled down the nation of Israel. And the nation of Israel, really, this is the course that they set that led all the way to the bottom and to eventually the disintegration of the nation. Se fue para abajo Israel también. See, there's a story behind the story here. And the story is this. Sin, sin entices us to invest in something. And yet when we invest in it, looking for a quick profit, what sin does ultimately is it pulls us down. El pecado es invertir en algo buscando beneficio, pero después nos jala para abajo. Sin is a lot like short selling because when we invest in sin, we sell ourselves short. Invertir en el pecado es venderle a uno corto. The lesson, I think, is that the road to maturity, the road of wisdom, is a lot like investing in the stock market. Camino a la sabiduría, la madurez es como la bolsa de valores. If you're going to get into it, if you think you can make a profit off of the stock market, you better do it over the long haul. Don't look for a quick buck in the stock market. You'll get burned. Si intentas un beneficio rápido en la bolsa de valores, te va a quemar. The same is true with wisdom. The road to maturity is about taking a path with God and following that path to the very end. Not almost to the very end, but to the very end. There was a book that came out a few years ago. I haven't read the book, I should, but it's by a pastor uh, named Eugene Peterson. Hay un libro con un título muy, muy interesante. The title of this book, I think, says it all. The title is A Long Obedience in the Same Direction. Una obediencia larga en la misma dirección. That's what we're talking about when we talk about moving towards maturity and becoming wise. What we're talking about is setting ourselves on a course with God to pursue a long obedience in the same direction. La sabiduría es seguir una obediencia larga en la misma dirección. It's about a consistent relationship a consistent investment in a relationship with this lady called wisdom. Se trata de una inversión en la mujer que es la sabiduría. In fact, that's the message I think we find beginning in Proverbs 31.10 as we look at the conclusion of the book of Proverbs, viendo la conclusión de ese mensaje de Proverbios 31, yes, here in Proverbs 31, 10, we find some words that talk about the one woman that you want to invest in. She's called the wife of noble character. 
It says a wife of noble character who can find she is worth far more than rubies. This is someone worth investing in. Mujer ejemplar donde se hallará es más valiosa que las piedras preciosas. Her husband has full confidence in her and lacks nothing of value. This man has profited. This man who's married this woman. Su esposo confía plenamente en ella y no necesita de ganancias mal habidas. Now, as you read on here to the end of the book of Proverbs, it would seem that what we have here is a description of the ideal wife, of the woman that you want. Se trata una descripción de la mujer ideal. She does everything. She's productive and she's smart and she's industrious and she's doing all these different things. But we need to again learn something, I think, from what we talked about a few weeks ago. Hay que aprender algo. We need to be careful about the difference between a description and a prescription. Hay que ver la diferencia entre una descripción y una prescripción. Now, guys, I know there's a temptation on our part to want this to be a prescription. Honey, look at Proverbs 31. That's what you're supposed to do. That's what you're supposed to be. Mujer debe ser como esta mujer. The woman of Proverbs 31, that is every man's dream come true, right? It's, it's el sueño de cada hombre. But I think if we ask the women, they might be able to tell you that this is in a way kind of a nightmare. I mean, who can live up to this? ¿Quién puede vivir así? I'm not trying to be facetious or take light the word of God here, not at all, but let's take a look here in verse 15. Versículo 15, she gets up while it is still dark. She provides food for her family. Oh, good, that means I don't have to work. Se levanta de madrugada, da de comer a su familia. Verse 18, her lamp does not go out at night. Dice, no se apaga su lámpara en la noche. Let me get this right. She's up before dark. Her lamp never goes up. Out. When does this poor woman sleep? Cuando duerme esta mujer? Again, if we're going to force a prescription here and literally say this is everything that every woman should be doing, it would seem that what we have here, first of all, is a recipe for burnout more than anything. Parece ser una receta para quemar a las mujeres. Now, that's not saying there's nothing of value here. Of course there is. But I think we need to understand this a little bit more broadly. We need to read the Bible always in context. Hay que leer la Biblia en su contexto. And so, after 30 chapters of wisdom, it would be a little unusual to have a, a, an ending that is just talking about women. I don't think this is. It's talking about something more. Se habla de algo más que las mujeres. Because in the context of this, what we have is not something that's meant to put a guilt trip on women, and it's not meant to frustrate men in their search. No es para poner la culpabilidad a las mujeres ni frustrar a los hombres. We have something bigger. We are, it is clear here that from this context, the perfect ideal woman that's being talked about is the one woman we've been learning about in this book. It's the woman called wisdom. La mujer ideal es esta mujer que es la sabiduría. 
And what we're getting here are descriptions of what the wise life looks like, whether you are a man or a woman. This, these are images and, and, and like a mosaic describing the way wisdom plays itself out in our lives. Es como un mosaico de imágenes de cómo es la vida sabia. What does a wise life look like? ¿Cómo es una vida sabia? Look at Proverbs 31, verse 16. One of the things about a wise life is, is a wise life is about making good investments. Like we've said, se trata de hacer buenas inversiones. Think about wisdom in this description. She, wisdom, considers a field and buys it out of her earnings. She plants a vineyard, calcula el valor de un campo y lo compra y con sus ganancias planta un viñedo. What is it like to live wisely? Yes, living wisely is about working hard. There's a value to hard work. Vivir sabiamente es trabajar duro. Verse 17, she sets about her work vigorously. Her arms are strong for her tasks. That's talking about the way of wisdom in our lives. Decidida se ciñe la cintura se apresta para el trabajo. What is it like to live wisely? Those who are wise invest in the needy. They're generous people. Los sabios son generosos. Look at verse 20, versículo 20. She opens her arms to the poor and extends her hands to the needy. Tiende la mano al pobre, con ella sostiene al necesitado. What's a wise life like? Well, those who invest in wisdom, those who are married to this lady wisdom, they can look at the future with hope. Los que son casados con la sabiduría miran el futuro con la esperanza. Look at verse 25. She is clothed with strength and dignity. She can laugh at the days to come. You can only do that when you've got wisdom. Se reviste de fuerza y dignidad y afronta segura el porvenir. So I want to be clear here that Proverbs 31 is not trying to put down women who may be less than this description. El punto no es poner para abajo a las mujeres. All it's saying is wisdom is more. Wisdom is more. La sabiduría es más. Look at verse 29. I think that's exactly what it's saying. Many women do noble things. Muchas mujeres han realizado proezas. You hear that, women? Nobody's putting you down. Many women do many noble things. But you surpass them all. Pero tú las superas a todas. Who surpasses them all? Lady Wisdom. La mujer, la sabiduría. In fact, I would argue that what this is saying is, is that what counts, what counts for men and for women is not living up to our standards of perfection. What counts is faith in the perfect one. Lo que cuenta no es la perfección, sino la fe en el que es perfecto. Look at verse 30. Charm is deceptive and beauty is fleeting. Engañoso es el encanto y pasajera la belleza. I hope our ladies can hear that. You don't have to be a 10. Charm is deceptive, beauty is fleeting, but 
A woman who fears the Lord is to be praised. Engañóse es el encanto pasajero la belleza, pero la mujer que teme al Señor es digna de alabanza. I would say a man who fears the Lord is to be praised as well. Un hombre que teme al Señor también. So as we wrap up this book and we try to get our arms around this this message of the book of Proverbs, I think one of the things we can say is that Proverbs is really inviting us through a number of ways. Proverbs is inviting us to invest in the best. Los proverbios nos invitan a invertir en lo mejor. And what's the best? Wisdom. Wisdom is the best. La sabiduría es lo mejor. And wisdom also invites us to invest in the best. And what's the best? The best is the fear of the Lord. Because that's the beginning of wisdom. La sabiduría nos invita a invertir lo mejor que es el temor del Señor. And the fear of the Lord is possible only when you've got a relationship, a connection, and you are investing in the long haul in that relationship with the God of wisdom. Hay que invertir en una relación con el Dios de la sabiduría. And the Bible would tell us that we can only have a connection with the God of wisdom through the Son of God, who is wisdom in the flesh. That's Jesus. Solo hay una relación con el Dios de sabiduría, con el Hijo de Dios, Jesús, la sabiduría en forma humana. This is the king that will never let you and me down. Este es el rey que nunca nos desilusiona. Solomon didn't quite live up to it. Solomon gave us great teaching, but he couldn't live up to his own teaching. Solomon no pudo vivir según su propia enseñanza. Jesus did. Solomon's heart at the end failed him and he turned away from God. El corazón de Salomón le falló y él uh, divirtió su corazón del Señor. But Jesus, you look at the end of his life, that's when he shined the greatest. That's when his heart was completely after God and he said, not my will, Father, but your will be done. And he, he said that and meant that to the point of giving up his life on the cross. Jesús al final dijo, no, no se haga mi voluntad sino la tuya, Padre. Solomon invested his life into the bottomless pit of sin and it became his ruin now here's the thing if that can happen to the wisest man in Israel it can happen to you and me in our own strength there is absolutely no way we can follow this through to the very end we're going to be like Solomon si Salomón no pudo seguir esta sabiduría, tampoco nosotros en nuestra propia fuerza. But here's what's different. What's different is Jesus. Jesus is different. Jesús es otro. In fact, I love in John 17:4, he makes an amazing statement as he's praying, heading towards the cross, en camino a la cruz, Juan 17, 4. He's praying to God the Father and he says, Father, I have brought you glory on earth by completing the work you gave to me. 
yo te he glorificado la tierra y llevado a cabo la obra que me encomendaste. Jesus at 33 here is making the statement, I've done everything God you wanted me to do. I've followed your path completely. I've been on a long obedience in the same direction and I've done it. He cumplido con tu plan, Padre. He obedecido tu plan. What was the work that Jesus completed? It was to invest himself, to invest his body, to invest his blood, to invest his soul and his spirit, to invest his entire life into the worst, into sinners. Él invirtió su sangre, cuerpo, alma, espíritu en lo peor, en los pecadores. Jesus Christ gave the richness of his perfect life on the cross for bankrupt sinners. Jesús dio la riqueza de su vida en la cruz por pecadores en bancarrota. That's you and me. In fact, what did he say on the cross? He said, it is finished. Se ha cumplido todo, dijo en la cruz. I've done the work, Father. I've lived a full life. I've lived a complete life. I have lived a mature life. He llevado una vida completa y madura. To give up a perfectly good life for perfectly bad sinners, that seems like a bad investment. That would seem to the world to be foolishness. Entregar una vida perfecta por pecadores perfectamente malos parece una mala inversión, necedad. But you know what God calls that? God calls that His perfect wisdom on display. This is the definition of a full life. Jesus es la sabiduría de Dios. So wisdom, wisdom is calling us to invest in the best. La sabiduría nos invita a invertir en lo mejor. How? By continually moving towards maturity. Continuing to walk out. And as Aaron said before, to be learning the way of Jesus. A disciple, literally the word disciple means a learner of Jesus. La sabiduría nos invita a avanzar hacia la madurez al seguir y aprender el camino de Jesús. And since Jesus walked this earth, Christians have been following in his path and often that path will take us into directions where we invest our lives in what doesn't seem to be profitable in the world's eyes. Invertimos en cosas que el mundo parece que para el mundo no es algo de beneficio. We invest, as Christians, we're specialists in investing in lost causes. Investing in things the world would say, you don't want to do that. Over the centuries in the church of Jesus Christ, we have invested ourselves, and there are people today investing themselves, following Jesus, investing in ending things like addiction, ending things like abortion, ending things uh, like uh, mental illness. Over the centuries, people invested themselves in ending things like slavery. There are people investing themselves in ending things like human trafficking, investing in ending things like 
ignorance of God and his word. You look at our world today and you say, that's a lost cause. Parece un caso perdido invertir en esas cosas como la adicción, el aborto, la enfermedad mental, ignorancia de la palabra de Dios. Why invest in helping people die well? Why invest in caring for anybody who means nothing? That's what we're called to do because that's what Jesus has done for us. So, as we wrap up this series, I want to invite you to think about your investment portfolio. What are you investing your life in? ¿En qué inviertes tu vida? From day to day, where are you putting your investments? The investment of your time, your energy, and especially your love, the love of Jesus. And I want to also ask this question. What are the foreign women that are tempting you to turn your heart away from God? ¿Cuáles son las mujeres extranjeras que están despiando tu corazón de Señor? What are the foreign women? I'm not talking about literal women. I'm talking about those enticing things that might draw you away from God, from His Word, from His truth. You see, investing in wisdom in the way of maturity, I, I want to tell you up front, You may not see a profit in this life. You may not become rich by investing your life in the things of wisdom. Invertir en la sabiduría no te va a beneficiar necesariamente en esta vida. But, but here's what we're told in Scripture. We're told that the, the prophets are out of this world. They're eternal prophets. Son beneficios eternos. So what are we after? Well, in Colossians 1.28, this is what Paul says. Colossenses 1, 28, we proclaim him, we proclaim Christ, admonishing and teaching everyone with all wisdom so that we may present everyone mature in Christ. A este Cristo proclamamos aconsejando, enseñando con toda sabiduría y todos los seres humanos para presentarlos a todos maduros, perfectos en él. So what's your investment portfolio? May I suggest an investment for the long haul? Quiero sugerir una inversión a largo plazo. Invest in wisdom. The dividend, the payoff, is Jesus. Invierte en la sabiduría, el dividendo es Jesús. As we wrap up this series on Proverbs, I want to invite you to stand, and I'd like to get up on the screen the verse that we've been reciting for this month. We want to recite it one final time, and then I'd like to pray for us. Vamos a recitar este versículo. Let's start in English and then in Spanish. Blessed is the one who always trembles before God, but whoever hardens their heart falls into trouble. Dichoso el que siempre teme al Señor, pero el obstinado caerá en la desgracia. God, we've learned a lot in just a short time. I thank you for the book of Proverbs. I thank you for this inspired, beautiful, flawless 
word from your word. Gracias por esta palabra perfecta inspirada de tu palabra. Help us to take it to heart and to learn not just in our heads, but to learn with our hands and our hearts how to follow you. Que aprendamos no solo con la cabeza, sino con el corazón y las manos cómo seguirte a ti. Lord, this week we have an opportunity to invest in many ways. I pray that some of us can invest next Saturday in cleaning up someone's house so that their family can stay together. These are the kinds of things you want us to invest in. Ayúdanos a limpiar esta casa para ayudar a, a, a mantener integrada esta familia. Estas son las cosas en las cuales que tú quieres que nos invertamos. But Lord, whatever you put in our path, help us to see it not in terms of our gain personally, but in terms of your glory. Your glory. Que no veamos las cosas según nuestra ganancia, sino según tu gloria. And we'll give you thanks for the good things that come. Gracias, Señor. Thank you, Lord. We praise you. And we pray in the name of the wisest one of all, Jesus Christ, our Lord. Oramos en el nombre del sabio Jesús, nuestro Señor. And all God's people said, Amen. Amen.